Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. CK Potters, happy Thursday. Sky and Daniel back with you previewing the week six games and their fantasy implications. As always, make sure to email us your fantasy questions to our new email address, tckpod at gmail.com, and shoot us a DM on the Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKPod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. this guy right here where you have a man-to-man right here you see he gets penetration right there you know when you run away from him he's gonna run you down he's one of those guys who will get penetration yeah, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled <laughs> that's when you want a medicine back stuff get that back to that his hands are so big and strong in fact they get penetration on both sides there's two footballs on the field and then when they wear their powder blue uniform, oh, man, that is it. I mean, how can you lose a guy six foot five at 305 pounds? When a center goes to block you like that, you can't punch him. Daniel, good evening, brother. How are you? Doing well, man. Uh, looking forward to the upcoming week of football. Kind of actually, you know, it's funny. I have this weird thing where I kind of dig when I have a bunch of players on by. And I have, I have, uh, you know, in the in our listener league, I have a bunch of Detroit Lions, and uh, the Lions are on by right now. So um, I feel like it kind of forces one to be creative, which I kind of enjoy. So uh, looking forward to it. And it's, I agree with you. It's almost like you get the little victories too, because you have these random guys that you drafted in like the thirteenth plus round right. that you just are never going to play. Right. But you drafted them specifically, like because of bye weeks. That's right. <laughs> and, yeah. Exactly. And, and now, and now we're now we're here, and you're you're starting. You know, you're starting your your sixth receiver or whatever for a week. And a lot of times they're duds, but every once in a while, one of those guys goes off and right. you just kind of pat yourself on the back a little bit like, yeah, I knew that was coming. You know? <laughs> <Right>. which, <laughs> so. of, which, of course, is nonsense because you never know. But but nevertheless, you can kind of pretend like you do, which is fun. Yeah, but. yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, before before we get in here, um, you know, every once in a while, you'll you'll rep a, a, a brewery and, and have yourself a beverage during the pod. Um the this evening we're we're celebrating my uh my partner's uh birthday and had a couple suds earlier and i'm enjoying myself a um 10 barrel brewing company uh it's a uh, northwest pale ale called trail beer and the slogan is drink beer outside which i can certainly get behind and i appreciate (laughs) 
And um, anyway, this is a, this is a great beer out of Bend, Oregon, just about, yeah, yeah. Uh, just about two, two and a half hours east of me out of Eugene. So shout out to 10 barrel. Um, I enjoy many of their brews, but uh, oh yeah, got, I got the, got the suds flowing tonight. Yeah. It's been a nice celebratory evening for myself and my family. So um, having a good day today, man, it's been, it's been busy, but it's been a, it's been a good day. So let's get yeah. into these games, man. Let's preview the week six games and their uh, fantasy implications. And we'll uh, get started with tonight's game uh, in New York, the New York football giants, host the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think is going on here? This is a big uh, divisional rivalry. Big divisional rivalry, and I think might have the a chance to be kind of a fun game. I think both teams have so, are, are, I think, decent teams that have been underperforming. Um, but, uh, but anyway, from the just thinking about it from the uh, Giants' perspective, um, you know, last week they finally kind of got it right, and it you know, turns out, Surprise, surprise, that all they needed to do was put the ball in Odell Beckham's hands a bunch and, and things happen. You know what I mean? It's just like, shockingly, this, this led them putting up a bunch of points. Um, so, you know, it was, it was it kind of followed the narrative that was building throughout the week. Beckham was complaining. Thus, they fed him a bunch of targets and they scored a bunch of points. So I would expect more of the same this upcoming week. I think Beckham is going to be a monster in this game. Uh, uh, Barks, uh, Saquon Barkley has been sort of interesting. He has been getting absolutely no help from his offensive line, uh, but he's making enough plays in the passing game to sort of still be incredibly fan- uh, valuable uh, fantasy-wise. So obviously these guys are, are must-starts. I think Sterling Shepard is a must-start uh, as well, unless you have a really, uh, you know, particularly amazing passing uh, receiving game. Well, I think the the only the only knock on uh, Shepard, sorry to cut you off, would be uh, sure Evan 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 Ingram coming back possibly. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he is practicing, right? That's true. Uh, so that is a possibility. I'll give you that. So um, Ingram is assuming he plays, of course, is a must start as well, given how you know lousy and injured the tight end position has been. Uh, so so yeah. Sure. And on the, on the Philly side, um, you're firing up Wentz, uh, Ertz. I would fire up Jeffrey Aguilar, I guess, as a deep, as a deep flex, but I'm getting less and less impressed with his situation. I mentioned it last week. I just think that, you know, Wentz uh, prefers Jeffrey, which I think hurts Aguilar. Aguilar's plenty, um, or Aguilar. Aguilar, I think? Aguilar. I think it's a- Aguilar. Yeah. Okay. Aguilar um, is uh, – is plenty talented, but I think that Wentz prefers Jeffrey. Um, I'm I'm kind of focusing this discussion here on the backfield. Uh, mm. This has been murky all season already, but now with Jay Ajayi out for the season, um, we've got Wendell Smallwood, uh, we've got Sproles, we've got Clement. Um, I mean, there's talks of LaShawn McCoy, there's talks of Le'Veon Bell. Um, I don't think either one of those moves happen, you know, uh, uh, this week or next uh, necessarily, but there's a lot going on here, man. Um, who of these three running backs would you recommend? I don't even know if, I don't think Sproles is even going to play again. Therefore, no, I don't it's, think it's Clement and Smallwood, but um, do you fire them both up? Would you play either of them? Um, I, in my opinion in this, in this, uh, in this kind of first game with this situation, I'm not sure you play either of them to be perfectly honest. I think right now, if you had to play one of them, I think I would go with Smallwood. Yeah, um, particularly in a, in a PPR league, but uh, I think uh, it's murky. It's incredibly murky. So I would, if you can, I would avoid all of them. Um, but if you if you need to play one, if you're if you're uh, you know um, if your running game is is struggling, um, for example, if you own Kamara and you need a, another player on your bye week, uh, you know I would go with Smallwood. Fair enough. Yeah, I. I... I agree there. Uh, let's move on. Another divisional matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers head into Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Uh, this has this with Jameis coming back. This has potential to be a shootout here. I think it absolutely has potential to be a shootout. Um, I think uh, you know pretty much anybody who is anybody in the in the uh, on the Falcons offense. Uh, I'll I'll just go with the Falcons. I would be deploying. Um, I know kind of Devonte Freeman had a really rough first game back, but they were in pretty much catch up mode that entire game, I would say this past week. And so uh, that limited the opportunities on the ground for pretty much everybody. But I think Devonte Freeman is a solid play. Um, and I think a lot of their receivers are solid plays. I think obviously, you know, Julio primed for an absolutely monstrous week. Ridley, you got to throw up. I would even consider uh, firing up Muhammad Sanu as a flex play this week, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying he's a, Elite option. I, hopefully, you have better. But if you need, uh, if you need somebody kind of on, you know, 
pick up somebody on the waiver wire to, to handle a bye week or something, I think Sanu should be one of the top targets this week. Um, so, yeah, so I think given, given the teams playing here, given the offenses at play, I'm, I'm firing up all those guys potentially. I agree. And uh, I would even uh, take a look at Austin Hooper as well, yep. in the tight end position. Yep. And, yeah, he, and led, he, led the, he led them in targets last week. I mean, probably right. not, not a trend going forward. It's probably an outlier, but it's still something to keep in mind. Yeah, he ran 37 routes. Yeah, that's which, crazy. Which the first couple weeks of the season he was running, you know, under 10. So I think that's that's significant for sure, and especially if this is going to be a shootout. Uh, for the Buccaneers, um, you're firing up Mike Evans. I would fire up uh, – personally, I would fire up Chris Godwin against this secondary. Mm. Of course, we don't know how he's going to be necessarily with uh, Jameis, um, but I think he's a good option if, you know, if Deshaun's healthy, then, you know, he's a – Shot in the dark, I guess. Um, I would also, speaking of uh, kind of uh, throw a dart at a tight end, I think this is a sneaky good game for Cameron Brait, potentially. Uh, with Jameis back, who loves Cameron Brait, but also this um, linebacker core for the Falcons is is hurting big time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of like that. Uh, I think you fire up Jameis coming off the bench. He's going to be ready to prove something um, and make sure that the Buccaneers made the right choice there. So, I think you're firing up your studs there. Another running back core to, to think about, though, man. Do you think um, – I've got Ronald Jones on one of my benches. I'm not going to play him this week. I just don't think – I want to see him do something before I play him. Right. But in general, if somebody if somebody's in, in real trouble um, and, and needs a, a dart throw or something like that, do you think there's any reason to fire up Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones or just, just stay away? And likewise for the – for the Falcons, man. I mean, I think right. they've got kind of a cloudy backfield too. This kind of a mess here with running backs in general. Yeah, I mean, on the Falcons, I would, I mean, I would definitely be deploying Devonte Freeman pretty much automatically. I think um, Tevin Coleman is a possible flex play. I like, I like, e- and either of those two guys this week better than anybody on the bu- any of the backs on the Bucks, in my personal opinion. I think if you're deploying anybody on the Bucks, I I think it's Ronald Jones at this point. To be honest, I think Peyton Barber has shown. Jack squat. Um, and I think now that, uh, you know, they're starting to sort of, re- I think, shake off Ronald Jones's awful preseason and sort of realize that he's actually quite talented. I think he's going to continue to get, uh, uh, you know, more carries. And I, to be honest, this week, I'm avoiding both of them. Uh, I don't sure. think, I don't think anybody's worth deploying in that running game right now until somebody emerges. Um, not to mention, if the, the one thing you have to remember about their situation in general is that they have arguably the worst defense in football, and they're going to be playing a lot of sort of shootout, you know, catch-up games. So I'm not sure how much their running game is going to feature regardless. Um, but, but I think if you have to play one, play Jones, but I would avoid everybody. I think there's, yeah, I better, I think there's better people on a lot of waiver wires this week. We already talked about Smallwood, uh, Mike Davis of, of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, even uh, – uh, Jesus Christ! I can never pronounce the the, the passing back on you, the Niners. You Kyle, check. check. Thank you. you. Check. Yeah, yeah. So these guys are all potentially, I think, better options than anybody on the Bucks. Sure, I I, I agree with you. I agree. I just yeah. want to get your temperature on the running back situation there because it's kind of a mess yeah. in that game in general. Um, yep. Yep. Two uh, two kind of stallion running backs here in this next game that you're definitely firing up, uh, James Conner and and uh, Joe Mixon. Um, I know you've been hot on the Bengals, so I'll take the Steelers here really quick and let cool. you talk about the Bungles. Um, for the Steelers, I mean, there's just not much to say. Uh, this is another possible shootout here, and I think, um, you know, you're playing everybody on on the Steelers, in my opinion. You're playing A.B., Big Ben, Juju. Uh, the tight ends are kind of murky. I started Vance McDonald last week in, in a spot of Trey Burton, and he, he definitely burned me. Um, but otherwise, I think, uh, I think that, you know, James Conner, of course, um, I just think that, you know, your studs on the Steelers, you're, you're playing against the Bengals. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, definitely. And probably no, likewise for the Bengals. Yeah, <laughs> I would say the Bengals. No surprises well, here, huh? Well, you know, I think some people were concerned about Mixon's workload coming back off the injury, and I think those concerns have nope. officially been squashed. Um, I mean, he's going to be the guy going forward. Uh, there's no doubt. I don't think, um, you know, fourth, the, the rookie they got, Mark Walton, is interesting, but I don't think he's going to really see much with, with Mixon healthy. Um, uh, he's definitely the bell cow. Deploy him immediately. Um, and then another thing that I think is interesting is is uh, uh, AJ Green. They've been using him in the slot uh, quite a bit. Smart. They use him a season season high number of slap number of snaps in the, out of the slot uh, this past Sunday. Um, and I think it's it's freaking brilliant. I mean, so, so many people should should watch uh, 
their what their offensive coordinator is Bill Azor is doing mm-hmm. over there. Um, so so I think mismatching Green on these sort of nickel corners is going to make him a monster. Might slightly decrease the value on the other side of that coin. Might slightly decrease the ceiling of somebody like Tyler Boyd. Uh, but but nevertheless, you know, I think I would probably be looking to deploy all these guys this week against such a lousy defense. Or uh, I mean, Steelers have been kind of off, up and down defensively, but overall, I think I expect the the Bengals offense to be, do well yeah. here. Beatable yeah. for sure, though. Beatable. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Two two back to back shutouts or shutouts um, shootouts. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yep. th- this next game here uh, could be an interesting one here in Cleveland. Um, Browns host uh, the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, uh, this is good. This is, I know. I think I think you and I disagreed on who we thought was going to win this one, which we'll talk about uh, in our next episode. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll guess I'll go ahead and take the Browns because they're kind of a fun team right now, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, they are. Uh, I think I think in general, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to like on that offense. I think Baker Mayfield present uh, potentially an interesting uh, candidate to to deploy this week. Um, uh, the backfield, uh, Carlos Hyde has, has, you know, been kind of rejuvenated in this offense. He's somebody I'm deploying, um, you know, in terms of the passing game, uh, you know, with Jarvis Landry is the only obvious one. I'm not sure who else I'm deploying other than maybe David Njoku um, at tight end. Uh, but right now, you know, the Browns are interesting. There's, they're a team that I think has a lot of potential, but they haven't quite reached uh, – all of that yet I think there's still a lot of players that are waiting to be fantasy relevant people like maybe Antonio Callaway um, even uh, you know maybe Richard Higgins certainly Nick Chubb um, Duke Johnson has been disappointing but these guys are all kind of waiting in the wings and I think you know this I think it's reasonable to expect that they're going to pick it up in the weeks ahead but you know I'd be cautious about deploying pretty much anybody other than Hyde uh, and Jarvis Landry and David Njoku at the moment. Sure, and just a just a quick note on Richard Hagen's. Uh, unfortunately, he's actually out um, oh, he go- already. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's out with a knee. Uh, he's expected to miss at least two weeks. Um, so he's been right. diagnosed with a sprain MCL. So um, that was kind right. of wavering. That, no, it's it's okay. It's it's uh, yeah. you know we're here to catch each other. No worries. Um, yeah. It's uh, it was kind of lingering through the week. Um, and they thought he might be able to be able to go, but it looks like he's going to be out this week. Uh, well, he is out this week, uh, but maybe the next couple. So to your point, I think Antonio Callaway gets another chance. Um, and I think Antonio Callaway is really interesting, man. He's kind of that guy uh, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago was kind of like the new Josh Gordon right. in, in many ways, unfortunately off the field as well. Um, but if he can keep his, his head together and, and keep things straight, um, he's got a world of talent and he's young. And I think, he and Baker can grow together over the next couple seasons, potentially if Callaway can keep his shit straight. So um, definitely, definitely a possible option this week as a dart throw against this chargers uh, team. And, and again, Landry's going to take kind of that middle middle range where Callaway can get deep. So right, not right. a bad, not a bad guess there on the Chargers side. Um, much like the Steelers, I'm not going to spend much time here. You're playing rivers, you're playing Melvin Gordon, you're playing Austin Eckler. I think, automatic at this point uh flex or rb2 especially with bye weeks um and you're playing keenan allen the only the only decision i'm making is really am i going to take another risk on mike williams Mm. um and i think your boy tyrell williams is now kind of outpacing him so it's been interesting the first five games of the season you know, where, where I was kind of riding the Mike Williams train early, you were riding the Tyrell Williams train early. And at this point, we've kind of evened out here. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what goes on. If you if you don't have to start Mike Williams, I wouldn't this week. Yeah. I'd like to see him prove something after a couple slow weeks. But if you need to fire him up, I think you can. Uh, as we've seen, the guy's a monster. I mean, it really just takes, you know, him, you know, out-rebounding somebody in the end zone for a touchdown. So right. he's definitely capable, obviously. But um I uh, I would stay away from him if you can this week. Although I do love Mike Williams in general. Agreed. For for the next game, we're in Houston. Uh, the Texans coming off a big Monday night victory against the Cowboys, hosting the surprising Bills. Man, <laughs> I yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I still have trouble. Before, I have trouble believing them as a team broadly, and and just in terms of their of their fantasy relevance, I still think it's pretty much coming down to LaShawn McCoy, um, who, who may not even be on the team very long. <laughs> who may not even be on the team very long. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then it was the Chris Ivory show, I guess. We'll see. Um, 
but uh, but I will say something about LaShawn McCoy finally seemingly healthy for a game that was actually competitive. Um, he actually did, you know, was was interesting. He was uh, he was in on almost three quarters of all the of snaps. Uh, he got 24 carries, um, had 10 routes, you know, so he, he was pretty much the only Bills back to see red zone look. So he's some somebody that I think, you know, might still be interesting and fantasy relevant. But um, but we'll see. My, my sense is it, what I would be doing if I own LaShawn McCoy right now, which I don't in any of my leagues. But if I did, I would be looking to try to trade him. So anybody, see if there's anybody else in the league that's buying into the Buffalo offense in terms of the extent to which they might be resurgent and could be interesting the rest of the year. Um, if anybody believes that, <laughs> I don't personally, um, but if people do, I think you might be able to get an interesting return for LaShawn McCoy, and that may be something you think about doing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting debate. And he's your, he's your only option on the Bills, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got nobody else. I mean, I guess Kelvin Benjamin is still their their number one receiving no, target, no, but he's no, not no, somebody no, you're playing no, no. right now. I don't think. I think a deep, deep, deep dart throw to put on your bench at least and not play it is Josh Allen, and we keep saying it week in and week out. Yeah, he's not having the biggest numbers through the air, uh, but he's a playmaker and he has that kind of low floor um, or higher floor, I should say, with uh, with his running ability. So. Right. Um, if you're having trouble at at, uh, at the quarterback position, or you're going to need a streamer coming up, check the you know check the lineups. And the Bills are one of those teams who have now proven you know um, that they play a little bit better you know when they get fired up for these bigger games. Yeah. So uh, they, it could be interesting. I don't think they're going to get past the Texans this week. I just think they're too talented. But we said that about the Vikings. And we thought that about we thought that about Tennessee as well last week. So um, for Houston, um, Deshaun uh, automatic. Um, you're, you know, the receivers, I think all three are definitely in play here. Uh, Fuller, Kiki QT, and, uh, Hopkins, of course. Um, interesting Ryan Griffin at the tight end position. I think you could throw out there if you need a, a, a tight end. Um, although there's not, I mean, the saints and the lions are on by this week, but they don't exactly have the monster tight ends that you're trying to fill the space for. So you've probably got a tight end dialed, but if you don't, or you have an injury, uh, you may want to look at Ryan Griffin potentially. And um, another running back situation, which is interesting, I'm hoping Alfred Blue just gets just gets some more work. And then and then Deontay Foreman's coming back here pretty soon. I think Lamar Miller is going to be out of a job here in a couple of weeks, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah, and I actually sure own him. I own him in the listener league. And uh, I drafted him in like the fifth, sixth round, whatever, knowing that once Deontay Foreman comes back, he's probably he's per- probably garbage um, <laughs> unless he gets re-injured. So, like, I knew that. And I'm either going to try to trade him for beans or maybe just cut him in a couple weeks. Um, I just don't think he's that good. I, I just picked him up for a couple weeks with that kind of late running back strategy. But, uh, yikes, hasn't panned out much. I'm getting really tired of the one-yard per carry business from Lamar Miller. And Alfred Blue looked really good, man, and he has over the years too. So we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> Moving on, uh, the Bears head into Miami to take on the Dolphins, who uh, need to get back on track here. They definitely do need to get back on track. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I, I don't, I don't know who you play on their team. To be perfectly honest, um, I mean, you you probably have to play Kenyon Drake, right? I guess. I mean, he obviously put up a really nice week, but he's not somebody. As long as he keeps getting out carried in such a massive way by Frank Gore, I mean, he got out carried twelve to six. Um, you know, on on. Uh, but I will say he's he's played quite a few snaps. He played at least sixty percent of snaps and. Um, four out of five games and so he has you know he's been able to put up fantasy points when you know when being given the ball but it's just like his his touches are so seemingly inconsistent that I you know I don't quite know what to do with them but yeah I mean obviously if there's anybody that you're playing uh this this week it's certainly Kenyon Drake um but he's not he's he's his status is so as a you know playable running back is kind of teetering unless unless you think that last week was sort of the jump off point for for bigger and better things which he, which it might be um but we'll see he's it's i don't know i don't know why they still keep turning to frank gore so much but maybe this is a wake-up call for them we'll see other than that i don't think i don't see anybody else on that offense that's fantasy relevant right now i agree and i personally wouldn't be firing up Kenyon drake against the bears anyway right um on the bears on the bears side i think trubisky is going to be a nice streaming option this week i'm probably going to fire him up in the listener league uh filling in for drew Brees this week on bye. um 
you got Trubisky, you got Jordan Howard, who the coaches keep just saying that he's fine with the workload. He's getting plenty of work, which is not true. Um, but uh, Jordan Howard's a beast. I think they just need to turn him loose. Tariq Cohen, I think, is even dart throw here against his Dolphins offense um, yep. or defense, excuse me. So Tariq Cohen, you can throw in as a flex. And then Allen Robinson, you're playing. Um, looks like Miller's going to be out another week. Anthony Miller. Um, and I don't know, Taylor Gabriel, maybe a dart throw if you need a receiver there. But I think primarily uh, your the Bears defense is going to eat this week. Damn. Um, they'll probably be the number one scorer again. Uh, but on the offensive side, I think Jordan Howard's an automatic. You have to play him. Tariq Cohen's a dart throw, and I think Trubisky's a nice streamer option. Yep. Moving on to Minnesota, the Vikings face the Cardinals. Um, Cardinals coming off a huge win against the uh, bitter rivals, San Francisco 49ers, and uh, the Vikings also coming off a big win as well. Um, I think the Vikings uh, – I think everybody just goes crazy in this game, frankly. I mean, obviously, Thielen, Cousins, Diggs, um, you're playing automatic. Rudolph, you're playing automatic. Uh, I think you could fire up that Vikings defense that you've been getting frustrated about. You can definitely (laughs) play them. And uh, with the running backs, you know, why don't you talk about the Cardinals here, and I'll check in up to the minute on uh, Dalvin Cook because it kind of – it seems to change every, every little bit here. So I'll check on him while you're talking about the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, the Cardinals are pretty easy. There's not a whole lot to, to yeah. Steal try to try to stall for me. Stall yeah, for me and, and I'll, I'll, say something about the Cardinals. Stole the salvageable value of Larry Fitzgerald. How about that? Um, sure. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I know he's. A lot of people are saying he's droppable. I in one of my leagues, I don't really have a choice because my receiving game is so lousy. Um, but but yeah, I think um, ultimately in terms of genuine fantasy value, obviously this is David the David Johnson show. Um, he's kind of had a slow start to the season uh finally uh found the end zone a couple times i think last week so um you know he's he's somebody you're still firing up um i know a lot of people are really high on christian kirk who had a really impressive game last week um i'm not necessarily convinced yet i'm not really convinced about anybody in that passing game at this point to be perfectly honest um but he's you know if you if you need somebody to stream uh you know maybe you give him a, a go but i think that there are better options out there even on a lot of waiver wires so I would pretty much steer clear of, of everybody. Um, uh, inclu- I think another guy that's sort of really kind of fallen off a lot of fantasy radars is Ricky Seals-Jones, who I think a lot of people were excited about, and he hasn't really done a whole lot of anything either. So um, so I'm, I'm staying clear of anybody not named David Johnson if I can avoid it. Sure, I, I agree there. And, and uh, jumping back to Dalvin Cook, it looks like he's still day-to-day and yeah. questionable. I think he's, he's probably just going to pull that – pull that uh, questionable tag every single week for the rest of the season. I mean, yeah. they're just not going to know. So um looks like he is officially questionable. So make sure you're paying attention to him throughout the weekend here, getting into Sunday. But um just a quick note here that the Cardinals have allowed the most uh, running back um, points um, per game in PPR formats at 34.2. So, if he does go, um, I would definitely fire up Dalvin Cook. Uh, but again, he's been healthy and hasn't finished a game. And uh, Latavius Murray hasn't exactly filled in the way I think all of us thought he would um, with the kind of that automatic big game with Dalvin Cook out. So kind of an interesting backfield in in Minnesota. And frankly, we're not even sure that, you know, the running backs matter too much. I mean, they don't need them. <laughs> right. Cousins, right. Yeah. Cousins I mean- is, is a beast and their receivers are just – out of their mind, dude. Thielen well, I, and Diggs I, I are think, like ad, ad, as advertised. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think anybody has figured out any answer to those two um, whatsoever, and I, I'm not convinced that they're going to. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. So I think it's a big day for the Vikings. You're firing everybody up, and yeah, David Johnson and, and possibly Fitz, but I agree with you. Actually, I'm I'm a little bit higher on Kirk uh, kind of looking forward than, than you may be. I think he looks really good. He was pretty touted coming out this year and he and Rosen actually have uh, kind of an OG connection. Um, mm-hmm. So just, just something to, just something to keep an eye on there. If Fitz goes down, goes down, which would be really sad. Cause I love Larry Fitz um, just in general over the years. If he were to go down though, I don't think they'd have another option, but to put Kirk as the receiver one, which he's kind of growing into anyway right now. And uh, it might take a while, but uh, we could, we could see some, some rising star potential there in Kirk. Moving forward, we've got the Colts and the Jets. Um, eh, I mean, I'll let you go first, I guess. <laughs> sure, thanks. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the Colts, who are actually are kind of interesting. 
Um, not that they're good, but they're, they're interesting to say the least. I think their running game is something that's sort of interesting right now. So Naheem Hines, Naheem Hines has been kind of emerging as the, as the main guy. And I actually would not mind deploying him this week as, as a, as a kind of a back end running back two or a flex play. Um, sure. He's been quietly averaging uh, a 63% snap rate, eight and a half targets, about 35 routes in, in all in four games without Marlon Mack. But the one thing to be aware of is that this uh, backfield is start is going to get a little crowded again. It looks like uh, so Robert Turbin is back. He only got one target in his first game, but just his presence um, yep. suddenly makes their backfield something of a crowded situation with Marlon Mack again, practicing this week. Um, but I think Hines will, will keep having value no matter what, just because of his role in P- as, as a pass catcher um, in, in PPR league. So he's the guy I'm deploying in that backfield. I'm avoiding everybody else until further notice. Um, in terms of the passing game, uh, we'll see. Obviously, if T.Y. Hilton comes back, you got to play him. We'll see what his deal is. Uh, Eric Ebron has been emerging as a, as a genuine solid tight end target. Who I've I've always loved Eric Ebron. I always thought he was way more talented than he was given given credit for. And he's young and uh, he's getting a big role. I'll be interested to see if what Jack Doyle's role is once he comes back. But um, but you know, I'm 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 deploying him. Uh, and again, Hilton if he plays. Other than that, I'm pretty much staying away from everybody. Uh, ideally I'm not playing Andrew Luck if I can avoid it. Um, but, but we'll see, you know, he's obviously better than probably a, maybe a, uh, top end QB two. If, if you, for example, if you were to play in a two quarterback league, but nothing more than that at this point. Sure. And just to give you, just to give you props for some listeners who are probably like, yeah, bro, like you were repping Ebron. Sure. Um, cause it's the cool thing to do in fantasy now. And this is the time of season where all these analysts come out and be like, Oh dude, I was repping, I was repping this dude from the get, you know, it's like, no, you weren't. Um, but just a shout out to you that you were repping Ebron. You did draft it right, yeah. uh, early. We were talking, we were talking about it in our, yeah, we were talking, we had one of our mock drafts, uh, preseason on one of these uh, early episodes and you had kind of waited and waited and waited and kept getting sniped and ended up with right, Ebron. Right. Um, what yeah, like way late and we were kind of laughing like about 13th it 13th but... round or 14th round or something ridiculous yeah but it, it worked out and i actually just looked at the tight ends overall he's the number three tight end right now in ppr yeah. leagues behind only Ertz and kelsey and he's actually only five points behind kelsey and uh nine points behind wow. Ertz. better than i thought so Impressive. yeah so ebron ebron is looking good um for the jets part uh Man, I, I I personally would be – I mean, I guess you fire up Crowell at this point. I mean, we've been telling you for weeks not to do that, but after the guy runs for 200 yards, I mean, you got to throw him in there out of respect. Um, uh, Bilal Powell, I mean, I know you're a big pass-catching running back guy, but yeah. he's a, he makes me kind of nervous, man. He ran for 100 yards – well, 99 yards. But he ran for 100 yards last week, but I'm a little concerned about him in general. He just hasn't been doing it uh, per usual – and that Jets offense, I'm just not quite sure that they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to get it done. Um, but for the Jets to win the game, they're going to have to run the ball um, and keep the ball out of out of Luck's hands. So I think the only way they do that is feed Crowell and Powell, who combined last week for 35 carries um, and uh, over 300 yards on the ground. So I think you can fire both of those guys up as RB two or. Uh, flex positions and at the wide receiver co- uh, position, I'm not going to play any of them. I know Robbie Anderson had a huge game, but it was only on three targets, three catches. So everyone pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see him do it multiple weeks. Um, Terrell Pryor, no. Nah. Uh, Quincy Anunwa didn't even have a catch. Not worried about that. And uh, Sam Donald as well. Um, not quite. So I think we're going to have to pump the brakes a little bit yep. on the Jets, but I do like the running backs this week against this porous Colts yeah. defense. One, one thing I, I will say that I don't I don't quite understand is is uh, Bilal Powell has always been one of these guys that's put together some some impressive years, but he's just never been able to be allowed the opportunity to be a lead dog over there. It's sort of interesting. And this year, again, he's averaging four and a half yards per carry. He's having a, you know, pretty all by, by you know, a lot of metrics, a pretty impressive year, but keeps losing touches to Isaiah Crowell, who in his defense is having a nice year himself. But, um, but anyway, it's a, it's a kind of a tricky situation over there for sure. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, Seahawks at the Raiders. Hey, I'll take the Raiders as the bane of my existence. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't, well, first of all, I want to, I have to make fun of myself a little bit. I can't remember. I think there was a segment on one of last week's shows where we were talking about 
all the players that I would play uh, Amari Cooper over. Uh, and what did he get? Like, yeah, yeah, what, I remember. What did he remember. get? Like one catch for like ten yards or something. Uh, one catch, one target, <laughs> ten yards. <laughs> so you know, maybe don't do that this week. Uh, maybe avoid Amari Cooper. I would say avoid pretty much everybody actually, other than other than Jared Cook uh, at the tight end position. Um, yeah, I just I there's not a whole oh and, and Marshawn, you know, as long as he's uh, as long as he's on the yes, team and getting carries, he's still you know definitely on the on the RB two map, I would say, but. Um, but yeah, they're they're just they're just looking so bad, man. Everything about them is bad. Their play calling is bad. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it is what it is. And their defense, of course, is just a, a must avoid in pretty much any contest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I uh, on the Seahawks side, I will actually give a give a full permission to uh, fire up um, both. Uh, Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin. Um, I just think <sighs> the Seahawks make me nervous on offense though, man. And I just, I hate to keep beating a dead horse. Cause I feel like all I say about the Seahawks is negative on this podcast, which I hate to do because I'm really not like a super biased dude against players or teams. I'm trying to give legitimate like analysis on this shit, but it's like, it's the eye test dude and it's the stats and neither one of them. Yeah make me stoked they just don't like the Seahawks have thrown the ball just 42 uh basically 43 percent of the time over the last three weeks 42 percent of the time which is dead last in the NFL the NFL right now is run by pass happy teams and the Seahawks are last that's not good that's not good for Russell Wilson that's not good for Doug Baldwin that's not good for um Tyler Lockett who is getting his 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 fantasy points because he catches a 50-yard bomb every game which is fine but other than that, I'm, I'm definitely worried about it. So, I, you know, against the Raiders, you're firing those guys up. You're firing up Baldwin. You're firing up Lockett. You're firing up uh, uh, Wilson. Um, but I think primarily you're firing up the running backs. Uh, the running backs have been solid. And I like Mike Davis and Chris Carson. And I think I haven't agreed with many things that Pete Carroll's done over the last couple of years. But uh, I think if they, can, if they can keep this two-headed monster happy and they can get both these guys with fresh legs in and out, I think they could be pretty solid and find something there. So I, I think I think the Seahawks are going to get back to back to form this week and uh, potentially have some breakout games for some of these fantasy assets that people have been kind of sitting on. And I know I know you know we've been giving you shit on the podcast the whole time about Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin and stuff, but I think this could be a, a get right game for those guys um, on the road. That, you know they're going to need to keep up with Derek Carr. I mean, as as lousy as the Raiders are. Uh, you know, Carr is capable of 400 yards and a random 150 yard receiver somewhere. So uh, if they do that, the Seahawks will have to keep up one way or another. So here's, I think you're firing up. Here's, all a, here's a question for you, since this is actually relevant to my listener league team. Who would you start, Andy Dalton or Russell Wilson? <sighs> Andy Dalton divisional game against the Steelers at home. Sounds, that sounds juicy to me. Right. Does sound juicy. Um, the Raiders is also kind of juicy, so it's hard. You know yeah. what? You know what? To, uh, for me personally, I would start Andy yeah. Dalton because I think that the Seahawks are going to be able to run the ball on the Raiders, and if they get up early and right. they can just ground and pound, yeah, Russell might get you know two two touchdowns or so, but he's just not going to have to go crazy. Yeah. Um, whereas I think even if Road Ben is bad, uh, the Steelers are starting to click, and this could be a shootout. I think. I think the Steelers are at least going to try to put up 30. And if that's the case, then Andy's going to have to, to try to keep pace. Yep. So I kind of like Andy Dalton and his overall team and his weapons. With Joe Mixon back, they can't, you know, they can't just stand back. They got to respect the run as well, which brings everybody up. And AJ Green is, is a beast. So I, I would go Andy Dalton there, I think. Yep, I, I agree. I agree. I was just curious as to what your take was. Sure. Okay, moving forward. Panthers, Redskins, uh, Redskins basically, uh, I think they just kind of uh, took the night off on Monday and the Panthers had a pretty emotional win over the uh, Giants Sunday afternoon with a uh, last second field goal. Um, I'll, I'll take the, the Redskins, I guess. Um, it, the only reason I mention that is, is just because, you know, Adrian Peterson's going to play with a dislocated sh- shoulder or a formerly dislocated shoulder, I suppose. He, you know, they'll put it back in place, but that he's definitely beat up he also had a knee injury Chris Thompson had a knee injury um Alex Smith doesn't look very good 
Uh, none of those receivers look good. I think you're firing up Jordan Reed because he's Jordan Reed, but he only had one catch for 21 yards on Monday night. Um, I'm really worried about the entire offense on the Redskins, yeah. to be perfectly honest. And yeah. for me personally, I have to play Adrian Peterson this week, so I'm going to, but I'm not yeah. expecting anything against the Panthers. But I will play Adrian Peterson. I don't think Chris Thompson is going to be healthy enough to throw out there, and I'll play Jordan Reed because he's Jordan Reed. Other than that, I'm not touching anybody else on the Redskins. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I think, I think that the two main backs on that team are, are playable. Chris Thompson, Adrian Peterson. Um, I wouldn't touch any of their receivers. I'm not touching Alex Smith. Uh, so, yeah, I pretty much agree with you there. And uh, how about the Panthers side? Uh, Panthers, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're playing McCaffrey, no doubt about it. Um, it was cool to see. I kind of I was I've been enjoying watching uh, their rookie tight end Ian Thomas get involved more with Greg Olson out, sure. but it seems like Greg Olson might be coming back now. So we'll see. Um, I don't know if that's if that's going to end up happening. It sounds like it's sort of on pace to potentially happen. Um, I don't. I'm not sure that I would play him his first game back. So I'd, I would wait to see what happens with him if he if he plays. Uh, I would ideally leave him on leave Olson on the bench, but it's worth looking into. Um, and of course you're starting cam, you know, anytime he's playing for the most part, but uh, yeah, other than that, not a whole lot, uh, not a whole lot to say about this team. I wouldn't really de- be deploying any of the receivers. Funches is their, their top guy, but he's not, I don't think anything special and he's, you know, hasn't been necessarily doing a whole lot this year so far. So, so I'm pretty much avoiding their receiving core. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, just a quick note on, on Chris Thompson. It looks like he's technically questionable. Um, And there are some, there's, there's some rumblings out of Washington that he potentially could have come back into the game. Uh, But with the game pretty much out of hand early, they just, you know, healed him up. Uh, But he did suffer a rib injury. um, And, you know, we saw with, you know, Shady McCoy played with some rib cartilage issues. We've seen guys play with, you know, uh, ribs out of place or fractured ribs and shit like it's a brutal injury and it's really right. just a pain tolerance thing at that point. So I'm not super convinced that he's going to play. Uh, but even, even if he does, I mean, you know, that Panthers defense is, is brutal and, and any, you know, anytime Keekley's in the middle, man, I, I do not want to be taking a shot from him. So I would, I would personally stay away from the Redskins in general, unless you have to play one of the running backs out of necessity outside of, Jordan Reed, but I agree with you on the, yeah. on the Panthers, yeah. uh, the Rams and the Broncos face off here. Um, Rams side, it could be interesting. Uh, golf, you're firing up. He's an every, every week starter at this point. Um, and I think, you know, the receivers are going to be interesting this week. It sounds like, it sounds like everybody in Los Angeles thinks that um, cooks and uh, Cooper cup, who both suffered concussions will play this week. Um, but again, that kind of comes down to a last minute situation. If they have any setbacks or anything, uh, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, they could be out for the game. But assuming they play, um, you're firing up everybody. Uh, Gurley, automatic, Woods, automatic. Um, and that Rams uh, defense, I think, is going to destroy the Broncos uh, personally. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100% on certainly that, that outcome. Uh, I still think you gotta you gotta play you know the two top receivers on on the Broncos. I think you're still throwing out uh, Emmanuel Sanders and and Demarius Thomas, no matter I was, what. I was gonna say, let me let me let me cut you off really quick. I was gonna oh, sure. I was just I was gonna ask who are the top two receivers on the Broncos. <laughs> um, I still think I still think it's Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Um, I think I think they're keep I an eye seen... on Cortland Sutton, man. I, I, oh, I, I was definitely planning on mentioning Cort- Cortland Sutton as a sort of deep sleeper. I'm not sure he's deployable let, yet, but he's definitely somebody that I think his role is going to grow as the season uh, moves along. Um, and certainly, you know, if you, if you drafted him and you play in a keeper league or a dynasty, you should hold on to him as, as tightly as you can because yeah. I think he's going to be I think he's coming. Huge he's coming. Um, yeah, he's definitely coming. Um, at, I would say at this point, leave him on the bench if you can, especially against the Rams. But uh, but uh, it's still the Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders show, I think, until further notice. Um, the other really big news over there is just the running back situation, which I think is is going to be a Yuck. topic of conversation all year. Um, Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay basically mirrored each other in snaps, but ultimately Lindsay still led the show. He outcarried him twelve to five. Um, he he was he got um, all five red zone opportunities. Um, so Lindsey is still the back to own, and I think you can still deploy him with confidence right now. Uh, 
you hold on to Royce Freeman. He's super talented. He's going to get his day. Um, but he's not somebody that I ideally like to be thrown out right now, considering how sort of touchdown dependent he is. Um, but, uh, but you know, don't, don't give up on Freeman. He's going to be a baller. Uh, he is a baller and he's going to, he's going to be allowed to show that he's a baller here pretty soon. Yeah. He's my dog, man. I've been behind him since the beginning and I will continue to be, I just don't think he's, he's getting that every down rep. Uh, and dude, that one carry, that one carry uh, on Monday night the other week against the Chiefs, man, where he just kind of took a pitch on the outside. It was like third and one or whatever, and he just stiff-armed a dude, ran through two others, bowled into the end zone. I mean, that's what I'm used to seeing up here in Eugene when he played for the Ducks, and I just I know he's got it in him. I think he'll have a breakout next year, um, kind of a post, post-hype sleeper, as they call it in the fantasy industry. So I would keep an eye on Royce Freeman for sure. And if anything happens to Lindsey, and they don't have yeah. any choice but to feed – feed Freeman. I, I really, I really think there's potential there. So keep an eye on Royce Freeman. And if anybody gets silly this time of season, people are on bye weeks people get injuries. Um, people start making trades, any of that. If people start dropping a player that they're frustrated with, like a Royce Freeman, um, immediately grab him. <laughs> I know it's frustrating, but hold on to him. If he, if he finds his way in say three or four weeks and you happen to grab him the next week, it will it will pay dividends for sure. Moving on, a couple games left here in the afternoon slot, and then we'll get to the night games. Jags at the Cowboys in Dallas. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take the Jags. Um, I, I think you know, in general, I'm I'm quite concerned about this offense. I, I one one I will pat myself on the back a little bit. One thing I talked about preseason was my concerns about Leonard Fournette and his ability to stay healthy, and that seems to be coming to fruition. Um, TJ Yeldon is a more than adequate replacement though. I think he's a strong play this week, quite frankly. And I would definitely, if you have him on your roster, if you used him to handcuff Fournette or something along those lines, get him in there. Uh, <laughs> I have to say a little bit about, about Blake Bortles cause, cause he is, I mean, ultimately he finished last week as the number 12 quarterback, right? So that's a QB one. Um, it was obviously one of the ugliest games on the face of the planet. He threw four picks. A lot of that was garbage time. But without Fournette in the lineup, he's just going—he's going to throw a million passes a game. I'm not saying you play him necessarily if you can avoid it, uh, but if you let's say you have Drew Brees or something like that, and you need a streamer this week, um, I don't think you necessarily have to just completely shy away from Bortles. Uh, he's just one of those guys where you shouldn't actually watch the game, <laughs> but but you can but you can potentially you know he could potentially one of these guys that gets you a decent number of fantasy points despite yeah 20, 20, 25 points sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but as a streamer, right? As a, as somebody to play on a bye week, I mean, that's that's not a half bad game. Um, so so you know, he's somebody to think about. Uh, their receivers, I'm just avoiding generally because it's just not you know, it's been a different person every game that seems to be kind of the lead dog, and it's too hard to predict. Stephen Cole, Diddy Westbrook, Dante Moncrief has been kind of coming up and playing better. So I don't know what to do about that passing core uh, or that receiving core. So I'm going to go ahead and stay away from it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and for the Cowboys side, um, Zeke, of course. Uh, Dak, though, I think is another nice streamer. Um, against this Jags defense, I think is obviously rough. So you, you need to, uh, you know, I wouldn't get too cocky there. However, I think he's just a streamer moving forward to keep in mind. I was actually really impressed with his Sunday night game against Houston. His stats aren't, you know, very inflated. I, you know, I don't. He didn't have a, a great game necessarily, but he made some really great plays. He av- he avoided uh, Jadavion Clowney and J.J. Watt, um, who were in the backfield the whole game. But Dak was athletic, getting around them, making plays, being smart, throwing the ball away, taking a sack instead of throwing a pick. And those are like little things that don't end up on the stat sheet, but just like watching the game, I think he's settling down a little bit and they can rely on Zeke. So I think he's not pressured into doing as much. That being said, I wouldn't start any receiver in Dallas um, at the, at the moment. Uh, Jeff Swaim, I think is a, a, a dart throw at the tight end position. Again, we just keep mentioning these random names at tight end because outside of kind of the top five or six, they're all pretty much random names at tight end anyway. So you might as well know who's at least involved as a pass catcher and uh, just something to note really on this game regarding the Jags receivers again and Bortles uh, for that uh, matter. Um, The outside corners for the Cowboys have actually been pretty solid uh, this season. So 
So I would I would say if you're going to start anybody for Jacksonville this week, I would I would lead toward probably D.D. Westbrook um, because he, he generally plays mostly slot, and I think he's the one that can maybe get away. So if you're throwing a dart at any of the Jacksonville receivers, it might be D.D. Westbrook, just to mention that there. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, on the Cowboys' side, I would I would, you know, Probably stay away from all the all the receiving core there yeah. though. Um, what uh, for, sure. And last uh, last game for the day games, uh, we have the Ravens and the Titans. Um, I I think this game is going to be ugly. Honestly, I think yeah. I think the Ravens are going to are going to smoke them. Um, and that being said, I think that. I think that uh, the Ravens' defense, first of all, has a huge game. I think personally, uh, but uh, even more so, I think Flacco has a nice game. I think John Brown gets a couple deep bombs, probably a long touchdown. And um, I, I would stay away from the running backs, though. Yep. Uh, I'm an Alex Smith owner. I like Alex Smith a lot. I was really high on him. Still am in theory. Uh, with his talent and just what he's able to do with the ball in his hands, but he's not getting the opportunities. Buck Allen, of course, is sniping um, him big time. So I'm, I'm concerned. And the Titans defense uh, is really solid against the run. So I would stay away from the running backs if you can uh, for the Ravens. But um, I do think Flacco is a, a decent streaming option here against that uh pretty rough secondary for the Titans and uh, John Brown, Michael Crabtree, even Willie Sneed um, might have a, might have a chance. And um, we'll see if Hayden Hurst can come through a little bit more than his first week back last week. He had just one catch for seven yards in his first game back in his NFL debut. And right now the, t- the Ravens are firing up four tight ends. So <laughs> I don't know who, I don't know who you're going to choose there, but I think in the next couple of weeks, it'll be uh, Hayden Hurst up yes. top if he can stay healthy. Yeah, he's the one to hold. I don't you obviously I don't think you're playing any of them right now, but Hurst is Hurst definitely the one to hold over there. And yeah, for the first time I think this week I'm finally saying that running game should just be avoided. Um which is too bad, dude. It's I too know. bad, man. I know. Like, it's kinda silly. We'll see. I still I still have this hunch that Alex Collins emerges as a as a lead dog and ends up. I do I do too. Run. It's just like how long do you wait for it, you know? I, yeah, I know. I think you just hold. I don't think you drop. I think you hold and, and don't play if you can. Um, for the Titans, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know what to think about the Titans. To be honest, they're they're such an interesting team. I mean, they have they seem to have uh, you know this this remarkable kind of level of talent um, that that should seemingly be be putting up so much more. But but uh, you know, ultimately, there's not that many guys I'm I'm truly deploying there right now. Um, one guy I'll mention that I think was a hot waiver. I picked this guy up off the waiver wire this last week. I thought he was going to be up for a big game as Taewon Taylor, who had seen his snap rate increase sort of every game and then kind of fell back last week, uh, kind of seeded a lot of, a lot of work to Tajay Sharp. Um, so he's somebody that I think, you know, you can think about dropping. He, I still say he's talented enough where he might end up posting some value down the stretch, but it's not somebody that I'm overwhelmingly excited about. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, you're playing Corey Davis. He's clearly the, the, the wide receiver one over there. He's super talented. Um, other than that, I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm really deploying anybody else um, in that offense right now. I'm staying away from their running game as well, if I can. Yes. Yes. And this is, this is kind of a, a ridiculous thing to say in, in the fantasy world. And of course, running backs are so hard to come by and all this. And the Ravens, like in football standards, the Ravens and the Titans each have a pair of really solid complementary running backs. Right. Like they're both really solid. They have the pass catcher, they have the bowl, they have the goal line guy, all that stuff. For fantasy purposes, uh, <laughs> We might, you know, we might eat shit here if, if one of these guys takes off. But I would recommend you sit all four of them. Yeah. In this game. Right. Yeah. No, I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch any one of the running backs playing in this game. I would. I would be. To be honest, I would not play too many offensive players in this game at all. I think you play no. Corey Davis. I think you play John Brown. Other than that, I'm not convinced you play anybody else. Sure. I can dig it. I can dig it, man. I can dig it. Uh, that being said. I could make a case to fire up both defenses. <laughs> I think the defenses yeah. might do okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, this next game here, I'll just jump the gun. And my comment for the Chiefs and the Patriots Sunday night football game, my comment and fantasy analysis for this week is going to be start every option every in this game fucking. with the exception of Chris Hogan. Really? You think, you think I think you fire him? up everybody, but you yeah. do. But I, 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 dude, I think Chris Hogan is done. I mean, yeah. he's going to play. He's not hurt. He's fine. He's on the field, all that. But I mean, 
you have Edelman back. You have yeah. Gronk, of course. You have Josh uh, Gordon catching uh, a long touchdown and getting some trust on a – dude, if you watch that play, Tom Brady scrambles, which he doesn't do very often, but just pocket presence like a boss. Right. Chuck it, and he just he just chucks it, dude. He right. just he just sandlot backyard chucks it, and he's like, Josh Gordon, you're a freak. Go prove us right. <laughs> and he did. He outjumped two defenders. And he caught the touchdown. And I think that is the type of thing to really gain trust with a guy like Brady. Yep. Um, I think, you know, Philip Dorsett is an option. Uh, Cordell Patterson t- caught a touchdown last week. Right. Everybody's been everybody's been getting a slice of the pie. Of course, your boy James White and, uh, and uh, Sonny Michelle are crushing it. Everybody is getting a slice of the pie the last couple of weeks for the Patriots, except for Chris Hogan. He was a big talk this season but i think everybody knew it was the first couple of weeks before edelman came back edelman's back i think you know chris hogan might be on the field for some snaps he might get a handful of catches might catch a long touchdown here and there because he is talented has a speed but i'm scared man if i've got chris hogan i'm trying to get rid of him immediately because i just don't think he's gonna be an option so i will say fire everybody on the chiefs fire everybody on the patriots minus chris hogan yeah i think i agree actually with everything you just said um I I think Sammy Watkins on the periphery. I think you fire him up as as a potential flex play. But um, he looked good last week, man. He did. After he getting hurt two weeks ago, he looks good, and he's just, he's such a freak, dude. Like yeah, I mean he's awesome. Like, he's awesome. He's a freak of nature for sure. But uh, but yeah, I I agree with you about Hogan. I don't think anybody. I don't think you know. I think Gronk and and uh, Edelman and potentially Gordon as a flex, and of course their two main running backs in Michelle and. Uh, and uh, uh, James White, of course, but uh, and the Chiefs is pretty much the, the the same story. Yeah, like you said, fire up everybody. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Cool, yeah. cool. And if you're playing, uh, if you're playing in a coaches league or anything, I think some leagues have uh, kind of that that you know you can have a coach as well, and you get points right. if the coach wins. Um, you're yeah, you know, you're firing up uh, Bill Belichick and Andy Reid <laughs> as well. I think I think. And, I think- I think Andy Reid is an every week coach one. Say, at this point. <laughs> yeah, Bel- Belichick too. He's he's definitely a first round draft pick every year, of course. Um, sure. And I guess I guess I'll I don't know that anybody was actually considering playing either one of these defenses, but I will just make it on the record: <laughs> do not play the defenses. Yeah. Um, I mean Harrison Harrison Butker and Goskowski are great options this week as every week too. I mean, this should just be a, a blowout here. So we'll see last game on the slate this week. Um, potentially not as many options. Uh, do you want to, you want to talk about the Niners? You're going to give that to me. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you take the Niners. I don't know how much there is to talk about, but uh, I'll let you take the Niners. I'll take the Packers. Um, I, I think, I think we can, you know, we can safely start firing up Aaron Jones. Uh, that's that's my personal opinion. I think uh, uh, even with even with their 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 mockery the last week, I and, know, and they're going to be weird. I mean, he's going to be annoying because Jamal Williams is still going to play because of his blocking, right? I mean, they love they love the fact that he, I think, can protect Aaron Rodgers better than Aaron Jones can. I think what was it? What was it exactly? Uh, Pro Football Focus had him as what the number two blocking. Yeah, running back was that, like that what it was? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. So so I'm not. <laughs> Aaron Jones is an elite option, but I think against the Niners, uh, quite frankly, all, lousy defense. Um, I think I think Aaron Jones is going to get, especially given how the extent to which the Packers were kind of an offensive disaster last week. I think they think we we're going to start to see them kind of moving some things around. So I think I'm deploying Aaron Jones. Um, of course, I'm deploying Devonte Adams. I probably. I think, you know, the other interesting receivers on that team, uh, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison are both holds because I think they're interesting, but I'm not playing them at this point. Uh, Jimmy Graham, you can safely play. Um, and, of course, you know, anytime he's in the, on the field, you've got to play Aaron Rodgers. So that's, that's my overall analysis of the Packers, I would say. Fair enough. Before I get to the Niners, um, just to recap last week, and, of course, uh, you can always hear – in-depth analysis, uh, which is pretty much just cut and dry like stats on the Tuesday episodes. If you're maybe this is your first episode listening on the Tuesday episodes every single week, I just run through every fantasy player on every team and I go in-depth with their stats uh, just number for number. So if you want to get just the cut and dry results of the previous week, make sure you uh, rewind back to our Tuesday episodes. Um, 
But just really quick to recap, because you, you brought up automatic start to Aaron, Rod- uh, Aaron Jones, which I love to hear because I have Aaron Jones in a couple of leagues that I've been sitting on, and I'm firing him up out of necessity with uh, bye weeks and things. But to say he's automatic, I think, is surprising just because, I mean, here's, here's kind of the three running backs and, and their taglines for last week. So uh, Aaron Jones, seven carries, 40 yards, two catches, 19 yards. Uh, Jamal Williams, six carries, 33 yards, two catches, 19 yards. So the same receiving results for both of those backs. And it looks like Aaron Jones had seven more yards on one more carry and Ty Montgomery not doing much, four carries, 15 yards and a catch for 12 yards. So they seem pretty even um, right now. And I just, uh, I mean, I would love to see, I would love to see Aaron Jones get ahead. Now, I, I think where I would agree with you is if you look back to last week, which was really Aaron Jones kind of first, like, got a game under his belt, let's get rolling again. Um, Detroit uh, had Green Bay behind from the get. So right. I think de- right. Green, Green Bay didn't really have an option other than to throw Jamal Williams out there early and just, you know, kind of play that, you know, just – block for Aaron Rodgers, which is Jamal Williams job. And, uh, you know, just put Aaron, Aaron to work there against the Niners. I think they might have an option, you know, have the ability to go up early. I think they, they will get up early and, um, be scoring often. Therefore, I think maybe in the second half, this could be a, a salt away the game here where Aaron Jones could really start padding the stats and potentially get up into, you know, 80, 90 yards and maybe a touchdown or two on the goal line there. So this could definitely be that breakout that I think everyone thought was coming last week. So yep. good call there on Aaron Jones. Yep. I'm going we'll with it. You can, you can, you can chalk, chalk it out. If I may be eating my words next week, but I'm, I'm deploying him if I can this week. I like it. Cool. And uh, to, uh, to wrap it up here, we got the Niners. Um, the uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go on a hunch and and think that the uh, schedulers didn't think that the Niners team was gonna be the way that it is now when they scheduled <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo versus Aaron Rodgers on Monday Night Football Week Six. Um, they've already they've already is, I think changed some of those some of those in, in future. Haven't they moved schedule around for some of the future weeks? Because they they had the yeah, Niners yeah, for have to. games and now they're they're sort of you know pulling them back because of everything obviously yeah well yeah the Niners were supposed to be a playoff team and and crushing it and yeah anyway so uh you know who are you playing for the Niners I think honestly man Kyle Juszczyk I think is a great call um he's the PPR guy you know six catches last week for 75 yards on seven targets love his usage out of the backfield CJ Beathard loves to check it down to the running back which is good Uh um and Alfred Morris you know can catch a pass but he's definitely he's not that guy so after the first quarter, when the Niners are potentially down seventeen to six, um, it might be time for Usechek to just catch ten passes for ninety yards out of necessity. So I think Kyle Usechek is a great streamer at the running back position. You're firing up Kittle automatically, um, and Alfred Morris I think out of necessity as well as an RB two or a deep flex with uh, Brita out for the next handful of weeks um, with a uh, mid ankle sprain. Outside of that, man, I. I'm not playing any of the Niners, man. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to stream Beathard against the the. I mean, you could, I guess, just if you're chasing that garbage time uh, points, but not really, not really firing up Beathard. I just can't bring myself to put CJ Beathard in my fantasy lineup. Options on your waiver wire, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean Trent Taylor. You know, there's there's some other options there for the Niners that are pretty deep, but I just don't see it <laughs> happening. Um, and I think the only other automatic uh, is Robbie Gold for those of you in kicker leagues who did actually. Uh, miss his only field goal try last week, which was kind of uh, unusual. But the, the the kickers in general last week were some of the, the most horrendous I've ever seen yeah, in weird. football. Um, it was weird. Uh, every single kicker, it seemed, uh, missed a kick one way or another. So that was yeah. kind of treacherous for kickers. But uh, that'll wrap it up for, for the for the games. Do you have something to add? Sorry. I was going to say, no, I was going to say one last thing I forgot to say about the Packers. Uh, another must play for them is their defense. Any that goes without saying, I think pretty much anybody playing against the Niners, but, um, but I think the Packers defense is a solid streamer this week. If you're looking for something. Great. I like it. And uh, last note here, the uh, saints and the lions are on a bye here in week six.
that'll do it. Tomorrow, Daniel and I will be joined by Curly to talk week six NFL picks as well as check in with our fantasy teams. Remember to email us your start, sit, keep, trade, cut questions to tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. Make sure to follow our IG stories throughout the weekend for game day updates. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck in week six. And for Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 